Hello everyone, welcome to Culture FC, the weekly soccer show where we talk all culturally relevant soccer topics, lifestyle, fashion, music, politics, everything off the pitch surrounding the beautiful game. My name's Alan, and I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Louis and Brennan, who's back from Denmark. Oi, what up, Welcome bro. back, bro. He brought us the scarves that we've been so wanting. Got, got a Denmark scarf and an FC Copenhagen scarf. Love them. This week, we asked a pretty big question to ourselves, and that is, should you be supporting the Russia World Cup? Given all the geopolitical, racial, and sexual issues that are currently happening in Russia, we wanted to ask, is it morally okay to be supporting the Russia World Cup? We dove into that topic, got pretty deep, discussed if we could make a change, and if it even mattered. The topic definitely has a lot of different viewpoints, so let us know in the comment section, or send us an email, or leave us a message on Instagram of what you think the correct stance is. On that note, you can find us on Instagram at culturef.c. We post behind the scenes pictures, videos, quotes, a lot of the stuff you don't get to actually hear or see in the weekly show. As always, be sure to leave us that five-star review. It helps us grow our platform, grow our voice, and hopefully use it to make some change. If you know anyone that likes the sport of soccer, share them the podcast, ask them to leave us that review as well. We really appreciate it. And finally, before we get into the episode, I ask that you please follow us on Instagram, our fashion line, treble, at treblewear, T-R-E-B-L-W-E-A-R. Everything from the ground up was created by us three gentlemen. So please go support that, check out the website, and buy yourself some new gear. So that's it. Let's hop right into the episode. topic that I bring for you from Denmark, my recent travels. Uh, it has nothing to do with that, actually. But, <laughs> uh, United States or North America, Mexico, and Canada get the the bid for the World Cup in 2026. Uh, 48 games. Pretty dope. Pretty excited. Maybe we'll finally be able to catch one because our man Bob Kraft, owner of the Patriots and the New England Revolution, is really pushing forward for a bid for Gillette Stadium, and he's even created a lobbying group uh, called uh, Boston Soccer or something that's lobbying for Gillette Stadium to be one of the wow. major stadiums. Pretty exciting. Um, I don't know how much tickets will cost. Yeah. Probably absorbent oh, I money. Oh, I saw something online saying that there's a prediction. Of course, they don't know because yeah. it's you know, eight years in the future. They're saying that it's most likely going to cost about $415 for a ticket like a cheap oh ticket man there goes yeah. my chance of going yeah <laughs> no they're definitely hey, gonna be don't, pricey don't forget about inflation you know yeah. like there's <laughs> in eight years there's a chance that there's a chance that in eight years you might may be able to make more money true you know I mean? that's like true i could be a millionaire in eight yeah, years <laughs> this podcast could have blown up and <laughs> fifa could be sponsoring this yeah. podcast thank you so. future self <laughs> for working so hard what do you guys think about it being spread across three countries i think that with 48 teams it makes sense and we're in such a day and age now that travel really isn't that difficult like yeah you know i can see it being a little bit of a hassle but if you even come if you compare the distance that people are gonna have to travel in russia this year pretty sure the england team they have to travel 
like a crazy amount of kilometers. I think it was something like over a thousand or two thousand kilometers, just because of all, where, where all the games in Russia are. So they're already traveling across this massive, massive country. Anyway, it's the same thing as you know going to another country near you. Um, it also won't be uh, it won't be unheard of because the the euros for twenty twenty. I believe they're going to be all across all of Europe. So oh, all wow. the major cities in Europe are going to have uh, different, they're going to be different host cities for the Euros. So like I said, it won't be necessarily unheard of of doing this. It'll be one of the first few times, but it won't be necessarily unheard of. The thing that I have issue with is like, it's kind of funny how it's a united quote unquote bid between United States, Mexico and Canada, but Mexico and Canada are getting only 10 games each mm-hmm. versus uh, United States who are getting all of the actual important ones. Uh, you know, every knockout game, every semifinal, quarterfinal, and final will be played in the U.S., but Mexico and Canada get to have some group games. Yay! Yeah, maybe I'll go to Canada for a group game. Yeah. Tickets are probably cheaper. Uh, there's only two cities that they're... So there's currently 26 cities that are vying to host, but they're mm-hmm. only going to pick 16. There's only two in Canada, which is Edmonton and Montreal. Weird that Toronto wasn't on this no, list. No, Toronto's on the list. Is it on yeah. the oh. list? I must have Woo. missed it. So it's to- Toronto, Montreal, and Edmonton. Edmonton's on the other side of the, yeah. of the continent versus Montreal and Toronto are, are you know relatively next to each mm-hmm. other. They're not super close, but you know you can drive from one to the other yeah. in about six and a half hours. Um, exactly right. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what Edmonton's like proposal is because I mean, just off the top of my head, Toronto and Quebec be much more um, viable cities, right? Yeah. just population wise, and then they can hold them general interest in the sport. Well, yeah. but uh, Edmonton have FC Edmonton, which just yeah, joined the Canadian Premier I, League. I don't know much about Edmonton, but like just in terms of um, culturally, I think that both Toronto and, and um, Quebec, I keep forgetting, um, have much more in diversity in in types of people, which I think plays a, plays a role in it. But um, plus, they're knows? bigger cities, so I'm yeah, not mistaken, right? Right, right. right. Um, Edmonton's kind of like a, no one really knows about them unless you're from Canada, kind of type of thing. I don't think many Americans know Edmonton is yeah. even a thing. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, it, it's exciting because you know there's no chance that the that U.S. miss out on this one, which is great. Yeah, right. You know Woo. I mean, everybody that has been complaining and bitching over the last year or so, you know. Also, we, Canada will be in a World Cup for the first time since like '86, I think. It's like crazy. I was joking around that our like men's league is better than their national team because their national team is just so bad. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, with the Canadian Premier League starting next year, hopefully they might get a little bit better yeah. by 2026. 2026. Yeah, yeah Like true. I said, eight years is a long time. Yeah. Eight years ago, the MLS was... So 2010, the MLS wasn't that great. The U.S. team yeah. was decent, I guess. I don't know. We'll but see if they can foster some Canadian talent. Yeah, we'll see. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that... I'm excited. We'll be... I will be 32, Oof. which will be great. So I can still play in it, technically. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely. Still, <laughs> can still try to make. <laughs> you start training I've seen now. crazier stories, yeah. bro. Hey, maybe we should all move to Canada, move our podcast, start training with yeah. the people up there, and just become naturalized Canadian hey. citizens and play for Canada. Well, mm. I've already beat you guys on the yeah. citizen part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm too old to do what that. What do you think no. about um, the revs, kind of? I mean, or at least Kraft putting in the bid for. Well, Kraft's always been about the big spectacle of soccer. I think that Bob Kraft's biggest issue with the Revs is that it doesn't drive enough people to the stadium. Yeah. Because when when 
when Boston was vying to host the uh, forget what year the Olympics are going to be held, 2024, I believe. Yeah. Um, he was a big part of the push to get Boston to have the bid uh, for the Olympics because he was all about it. He wanted to build an Olympic stadium in the city of Boston to be used during the Olympics. And then it would then transition to being the Revs yeah. home. And Gillette Sick. has hosted a bunch of um, big games, international friends yeah. before. I mean, I've been to like two or three Bra- uh, Brazil games there at least. So they were they were also a host city it. for the '94 World Cup right. too. So games were played here for the '94 World Cup, and so mm-hmm. it'll just kind of keep that tradition. It'll actually be better this time around because in '94 Gillette Stadium was just the stadium. Today, yeah. for you you Massachusettsian listeners, you know that there's also Patriots place. There's a lot of stuff to do over there, so that you know when you do have a big game in Gillette. Yeah, you're going to the middle of nowhere to go to Foxborough, but once you get there, there's actually stuff yeah. to do. So you'll be able yeah. to like hang out and enjoy Patriots place before and after the game, which will yeah. be cool. There are definitely some other kind of gimmies that are going to be there, right? Atlanta is definitely going to be grand in one. Yep. New York, L.A. Yeah. Um, you, know, you have to put all the major cities, right. and on top of it, you have to have these amazing, uh, you know, just Florida states. too, yeah. probably maybe Florida for sure. Um, they already mentioned Miami and Orlando as two decent sized like uh, yeah. uh, host cities. But my question is. In the event of, like, L.A., where do you host the games? You don't do it. At, I mean, StubHub Center and Bank of California, they only sit – they only seat 27,000. Yeah. This is a World Cup game. Do you bring it back to the Rose Bowl where yeah, you can fit 100,000? What's the minimum for a World Cup game? It's probably cr- a crazy amount, About 45, right? I think. Yeah. I don't think that any yeah. of these MLS stadiums probably are going to be Bowl. able to – Yeah. I mean uh, – I don't. I mean, I don't really see them building another stadium there for. A, a I can't team. imagine them doing that. They already had to struggle maybe to that, build maybe, Bank of California. Yeah, yeah, it'd probably be Rose Bowl. Maybe they'll be required to make some updates to the stadium. I know FIFA's regulations for like you have to be m- up to date on everything, and it'll well, be interesting to see. What I just remember too, the LA Rams, they are building a brand new stadium too. Oh right. So and it's actually, rel- I think it's actually pretty close to the Bank of California. It's um near the old Coliseum and like yeah. that area of LA. So. I think that once they build their stadium, then that might help. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's probably where they're going to put it, just because it it will be a, a legitimate NFL stadium in LA for people to go to. Um, but Seattle probably guaranteed uh, uh, a spot just based on size and just fan base alone. Um, yeah, it'll be really cool to see once they 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 you know dwindle down this list to the final sixteen, just because. It, it will be interesting to see what cities get it. Yeah. Um, New York too. No, New York's another one. Are they going to be playing yeah. at MetLife in New Jersey, right. or are they going to be playing in? Well, I guess then again, Red Bull Arena is also in New Jersey, right. and New York City don't have a stadium, right. so it'll be another we'll interesting see. one to to be paying attention to. We yeah. shall see. Definitely. Okay, moving on. Next topic. We're going to be moving over to Europe, where there seems to be some trouble in paradise. Bum bum bum. There was an interesting event that occurred. Um, kind of caught me by surprise. And Spain's national um, team head coach, Julian Lopetegui, I hope I'm saying that right to our Julian Lopetegui. Um, came out in a press conference before the World Cup saying that he had come to an agreement with Real Madrid for their vacant uh, manager position, which, uh, I mean, you might not think is that weird. He's coaching right now for a national team. He announces that he's going to be coaching for a club team. Um, after the World Cup, okay, whatever. Next day, Spain come out and say that they have fired Julian from his position, and that was that. And let's frame this in a, in a different light. This is 24 hours before the World Cup right. kicks off. 
The World Cup is current. That's actually as we're recording this episode, the World Cup is currently kicking off, and this was announced maybe 36 hours ago, 48 hours ago, and on the eve of the World Cup, Spain, who were a lot of people's favorites to win this whole thing because uh, because of Julian Lopetegui, who was able to bring this team back together after a very tumultuous 2014 World Cup, he was able to bring the squad together, get them playing really, really well to the highest of their quality, and he gets fired on the eve of the World Cup. Right. They brought in a replacement, uh, Fernando Hierro, who I know very little about, but they have someone in there. But it, it, it's so interesting, right, to see because we've, we've talked about this off air and Spain is such a talented squad that it's kind of like, hmm, I wonder if they really if if they really need a coach to re- to play well. I, I think in the at, towards the later stages of the tournament, a coach, yeah. a coach definitely plays a plays a role um, in the beginning stages. We'll see. I mean, their first game is against uh, Portugal. Tomorrow at two, right? So it's um, coming. So up. it'll be interesting to see how they play. By the time this episode comes out, you will know the answer to that, obviously. But it seems like a the whole situation is strange, right? If if I'm the manager um, of the Spanish national team, why would I come out and say that I've accepted this new position? If I'm Real Madrid, can't I wait as well to hold this back? If I'm Spain, can't I wait to hold this back? I think it all came down to kind of egos. Yeah. Spain didn't the federation there didn't want to be shown up and be like okay where this guy's this guy already has a fallback plan but whatever may happen here blah 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 but it all seems like everyone could have just taken a step back taken a breath and been like let's do this a little later so uh this this news really really interested me yesterday when i found out so i was like what the frick is going on let me go look into this what ended up happening was real madrid were gonna were set to announce him and up until this point the spanish federation had no idea this was going on. So right. all of this negotiation was happening behind closed doors. The Spanish FA had no idea. Five minutes before Real Madrid is going to are set to announce him to the world, he himself calls the Spanish FA and basically says, hey, uh, I'm accepting the Real Madrid job. They're announcing it in five minutes. Uh, that's it. But yeah. don't worry. I'll still be here for the World Cup. Yeah. And so in other words, this is kind of a dick move. Yeah. So what I also found out about Lupetegui is that he was basically created by the Spanish FA. He started his coaching with the Spanish youth national team at the U17 level, the under 20 level. And then he ended up, because of that, his success at those levels, he got a job in Porto to be the Porto head coach. Played pretty, he, had, he was a pretty good coach there. And then they brought him back a few years later to coach the national team. In other words, the only reason he was even given or given the opportunity to get the Real Madrid job was because of... Uh, his national team of coaching. How well he's been doing, yeah. And so it's a little messed up when he's uh, negotiating behind closed doors. He didn't tell them that uh, Real Madrid had even reached out, being like, hey, guys. I n-. And the worst part about this whole thing is that I didn't mention yet. He just signed a four-year extension two weeks ago. On May 26th, he signed a four-year extension to bring him to the 2022 World Cup. Ooh. And he just signed that extension. Yeah. So in other words, he just committed his future to the Spanish FA, didn't tell them that Real Madrid were potentially negotiating with him, and he just basically quit on them, being like, oh, no, don't worry, I'll still be here for the World Cup. And then yeah. they were like, no way in hell are you doing that. You're fired. Peace out. Yeah. It's interesting because it's brought up some pretty interesting kind of debates in Spain. And for anyone knowing or that doesn't know what's going on in Spain, the kind of Barcelona-Basque region has been trying to claim independence from Spain for quite a, quite a while now. And a lot of the kind of Spanish slash Barcelona players who are in favor of Barcelona doing that 
they've been kind of criticized for being the reason that Spain would would eventually collapse and it would cause turmoil for the Spanish national team. And it's funny because now it seems like Real Madrid, which is kind of the poster boy for for Spain and and the capital as it may be, has been the the team to cause all of the kind of destruct self destruction in the Spanish national side, which I found super interesting because. Um, it's just a it's such a contrast in in what you think yeah i feel like part of it i don't know looking at it from someone who i don't know i guess i read into it as like it's i feel like the guy just want like the ego thing it's just such a big event like the world cup is like like i remember i think close to if not a billion people watched the final in the last world cup Cup was 1.1 billion people watched it live that's crazy to to even think of it was played on like tape and all this other right 1.1 billion people watched it live so like why would you your ego is just so much bigger than the fact that you could potentially have been seen by one point, yeah. probably more than that this yeah. year. Like, I feel like it's only going to be easier to watch the world cup final. And it's just like boggles my mind. Just these people are just having their yeah. <laughs> such interesting mindsets. Yeah, takes on it's it. just like, dude, you just it's screwed such, such a Real Madrid thing to try to true. take the limelight away from a uh, world event like this. But such a Real Madrid. <laughs> Very true. It's yeah. like the, if you, if <laughs> out of all the things that Real Madrid have done over the last like two decades where you're like, holy crap, like you guys are very sketchy and you do things your own way. This one is like, it's just like so emblematic of how they do things. Yeah. It's like, let's just cause turmoil across the world and do this. And so two points I want to bring up. I mean, one, you said about Fernando Riero. What I didn't know about him and I found out yesterday is that he's actually been the assistant coach for them. Okay. So it was probably the best move yeah, that the Spanish FA made okay. was to try and keep things normal. Yeah, because I was wondering. I don't know who he was either, yeah, but I'm like, I can only him. imagine like a brand new coach coming in just having like the all of Spain team just like, <laughs> yeah, we don't care who you yeah. are. Like, we're going to play how we play. So yeah. here's the thing, though. Uh, there. On paper, it shouldn't be a switch at all because he's been with uh, Lopetegui for a while now and he knows how the setup is and he's most likely going to keep it all the same just because you can't switch this two days before your opening match. You know what I mean? So for him, he's like, he most likely has to come in and be like, all right, guys, we're just going to continue doing what we've been doing for the past three years. So on that front, hopefully it it, it keeps them pretty level-headed, especially like Al said, they don't sometimes you might think they may not even need a manager but you know that that's not true right like everybody needs like right. a coach and stuff like that but what certain how this could probably shake out and, and really be detrimental to spain is if like some players go hey uh maybe we shouldn't play like this and all of a sudden they might feel empowered because this is just a new guy who get, just came in i don't know the level of respect that fernando Hierro has in that locker room but I can imagine that if one or two players who are the more veterans of the side decide that they don't like how Yarrow is doing stuff, that's going to cause a lot of problems. Yeah. So it'll be a very interesting thing to, to watch. And we might actually even know the answer to this by the next by the time this episode airs as to how his uh, firing and hiring of Yarrow affects the national team. But it'll just be interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, a lot of people are still kind of touting them as favorites because of that fact of their of their player quality is so great. But at the same time, if you don't have a united front, it it's gonna cause problems. So right. we'll see how that shakes out, right? Godspeed, Spain. So moving on to our third point, or our third news topic of the day, uh, the Russian a Russian member of parliament uh, has come out and said to all Russian women that Russian women should refrain from sleeping with visiting World Cup fans, 
so as to avoid becoming single mothers with mixed race children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're basically warning people against uh, this, like in not un- in, in pretty like sketchy terms, like where they're warning against biracial babies. So that already should be a very big red, like with a big flashing alarm sign being like, yeah, they're not they're not they're doing this to try and keep like their country quote unquote pure in a way um but in my head i think that that's not okay we're in the spirit of the world cup everybody should be celebrating and shagging and shagging (laughs) if you're a russian woman and you happen to see i don't know peruvian man and he's a good-looking peruvian man by all means go shag you know what i mean it's it's part of the world festival right um that's my take on it i think that you know it should be a big party. And I know this is a very lighthearted topic, but it's, you know, go party. Go do the things you want to do. But, you know, if you're, let's say you're Russian, right, and you've never left your country, how are you going to know what other men of the rest of the world are like? And all of a sudden you have an event that's bringing hundreds of millions of people into your country and they're all from different parts of the world. Go get some dick. Go get some <laughs> culture. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I'm well, saying. Whether, like, whether you're in favor of it or not, I just don't think it's the government's role to be telling anyone what they should be doing with their bodies right 100%. at the end of the at the end of the day it's inappropriate it's not something that uh, any government body should be telling someone to do so i find it i mean the way that they the way they phrase it and uh, the way that they're kind of projecting it as like oh we're, we're we care for you russian women and we really want you to um have a, a good future and not have to be stuck as single mothers is is so funny to me because it's like it's like when you it's when you say something really bad and then you try to like just cover yeah. it up with like this with backups that that just make no sense yeah so i don't know and, and it fits with our main topic for today but it'll, it'll just be interesting to um interesting to kind of dive into that a little bit more into the issues with russia definitely i know another country really wanted to keep their race pure for a while too didn't, <laughs> didn't bode well for the nope. future of the world in nope. that time yeah it led to a lot of problems oh man what I find super surprising is that sex has become a pretty big topic this whole World Cup. Like, Brazil's head coach came out and said he's allowing his players to have sex if they wanted to. We saw the whole Mexico national team having an orgy before, as their kind of goodbye for Mexico party. <laughs> so weird. I mean, the videos came out of them hiring, like, 30 pro- Mexican prostitutes, and they were, like, having a pool party, and everyone was naked, and it was just... Weird. That's 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 a connected team right there. Yeah, they're just like yo, we are on the same level. <laughs> yeah, let's I mean, go I to see, Russia. I feel like if you've seen all twenty-two schlongs, like you're you're together. Yep. Yeah, you're yeah. gonna be a team. You know what I mean? Ooh, it's, yeah. So I don't know. Sex has really been the uh, sex sells, man. On, on this Russian World Cup, and not only with like in the aspect of like you know the Mexican orgy and and like Russian women and stuff like that. Like Jorge Sampaoli from from the coach for Argentina, he's being charged potentially with like sexual assault of like the Argentina FA yeah. official and like some other crazy yeah. stuff. And a it's lot just of like sexual topics coming up in this World Cup. The funny thing about the Brazil part of it is that during the I think it was the 2002 2006 World Cup, uh, the players weren't. There was a lot of stories coming out that the players were essentially banned from having like women and like their wives and girlfriends and like their hotel rooms. And they basically told them do not have sex before the World Cup because there was yeah. this weird theory that it was like for you to have like you have to have that like energy built up like po- that pent yeah. up testosterone gotta have well, your Pep Guardiola banned Man City players from having sex before games really well. yeah this, huh. this past season it was like a topic that came up randomly on my Twitter but 
yeah, it seems like I don't know. Some people really believe that you should just left keep the, them in there, leave that tension, leave that testosterone in you, keep them balls blue. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, if anybody knows like Homadu, the the Brazil legend, he was famous for having sex all the time. Yeah. So like, <laughs> he didn't abide by that at all. Yeah, um, it, that would not have flown well with him. No, no. I think that's about it for the news topics. Yeah. But uh, keeping on with the the idea of you know, Russian political influence and kind of that being our main topic, I really wanted to dive into one general question is, should we be supporting this World Cup? Right. And the reason this has come up is because the World Cup is such an amazing spectacle for what it is and everybody loves it and, you know, it brings out a lot of good in the world. Um but it, a lot of people are saying that it's kind of masking a lot of the issues that are currently happening in Russia and just the general way that Russia deals with people and social um, social rules and all of these rights. And we've brought it up many times. I mean, the issues of um, kind of sexuality in Russia, racism, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it comes to that point where we're like, well, does a world tournament like the World Cup over kind of overshine these issues that are happening with the nation? Should we just discons- not consider that this, these things happen in Russia and the way that they deal with, with people? Or should we be taking a stance and trying to make a difference during this time? Right. Um, an article that, that The Guardian put out, they post a, they pose a pretty interesting question because uh, a lot of times, we, we especially in history class, we learn about the 1936 Olympics that were held in Berlin and all of those issues with Adolf Hitler and how, you know, Jesse Owens did the black power and how that was a huge part of everything. And uh, basically it was like, you know, a lot of times it asked the question, like, if you ever thought about what you would do in 1936 during that moment, like this is our, you know, 1936 Olympics. It's the equivalent of it. You have a pretty totalitarian dictator in, in, in Vladimir Putin, even though his official title is quote unquote president. But it's a very similar situation, right? Charged global political climate uh, by a global uh, power in Russia. Uh, there's a huge sporting event held in that country. And, you know, is it, it's that kind of thing. It's like, how should we be reacting differently to this? Should we be as excited as we normally are? Should we just be brushing? It seems like we should we just be brushing all these issues under the rug just so that the world can enjoy this big, beautiful celebration? And it's hard. It's such a hard topic to really dive into because it's such polar opposites, right? Right. Russia has had so many, especially in the past couple of years, there's been a a more and more charged political climate with Russia based on the 2016 United States uh, election and whether or not they meddled, which, you know, whatever you think is up to you. But all of these things have kind of been building up. And on top of it, they've invaded a country recently. They invaded Crimea and Ukraine. So in other words, they are... Any other part, like usually when another country invades another country, it leads to war. And somehow they've avoided it uh, outright, I guess, despite yep. the fact that there was some fighting in Ukraine. But um, a lot of this is just bringing up like everybody's so excited for this tournament. I'm personally so excited for this tournament. I love the World Cup. But it sh- I don't think we really should be sweeping this stuff under the rug. But it's almost like a, a question of what can you do, right? Because the tournament's being held in Russia and you can't really like, maybe we could just not support it. Maybe we could boycott it, but is that the right answer? 
it's 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 difficult, right? Because I, if you if I were to come out and say, "Oh, I'm boycotting the World Cup. I'm not going to watch the World Cup." I don't know if I could do that, right? Because my loyalty to at least Brazil and watching them perform is way too high. But then that 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 puts me in a moral dilemma because I like to think that I don't have um kind of this r- racist idealism. I believe that we're all equal. I want there to be equality in the world. And Russia just doesn't embody that belief. And so for this tournament to be held there, it goes against what I personally believe a government should should do to, in, in terms of treating people. Um, it's difficult. I mean, it does – if you're looking at it just on a surface level – in, in my day-to-day, it doesn't put me in a moral dilemma because I just don't think about the issues that are happening in Russia. But, I mean, we're sitting down here, we're talking about it, and it does make me think, like, should I be should I be doing more in terms of, hey, I'm not going to watch this, or, hey, I'm uh, maybe I'll tweet something out that's in support of this, or, you know, should I be doing something more than what I'm doing now, which is nothing and kind of just going w- with the tournament for what it is, or or does it not, I mean, or is it out of my hands? I always, I mean, currently right now, I think back to Sochi Olympics. Like, there was shit still going down. Even the Brazil Olympics and the World Cup, there was stuff going down. Um, I believe that, I think there is stuff we could do, but, I mean, it wouldn't get that much of a reach as we are are not in Russia. And the United States, I mean, I feel like we're watching this as like just another Olympics. Like it's, it's on, it's something that's going to be a little bit more entertaining than a baseball game or something. Um, but I think it has to fall back on the administrations that, that create the tournament. I mean, FIFA has been, I mean, as far as I can remember, like it's always been in, in conflict with bribes and stuff. Even this, this, this world cup, there's reports of bribes. Um, I will state that, um, I read somewhere that England wanted to wear armbands protesting what's yeah. going on in Russia, and that's a great stand for a national team. Right. I think that can, I mean, it already brings that to light a little bit more than, right. you know, currently seeing. Like, I mean, you could also boycott watching Russia, but at the same right. time, it's like you're, if you're only boycotting one team, like that's right. not gonna. They're still supporting yeah, it. And it's interesting because the England, the England thing comes in light of Danny Rose coming out and saying that he was not, he told his family not to come to Russia because he didn't want to have to worry about them. Danny Rose, uh, he's a left back, right back? He's a left back. Um, England left back. Um, If you don't know what he looks like, he is black. He is not a white person. So um, I'm assuming his family is also of the same skin tone as him. He told his family, don't go. I don't want to be worried about you. I don't want to have to play a game and think, oh, maybe my family is in jeopardy of being a victim of some type of racist act. I mean, that alone is huge, right? You have an international play, player telling his family to come, to not come and watch a, maybe the only World Cup he'll ever play in. You don't know how many he'll be, he'll be able to play in. I mean, that's startling, right? Yeah. You don't want to hear that happen. And um, England's manager, Garrett Southgate, came out and said that they would be supporting um, Danny Rose on his decision and, and kind of if they saw any type of racist acts, they would try to take action immediately to try to protect the players and this and that. So it's not like it's this issue isn't in the limelight a little bit. I yeah. mean, people definitely see that these things are, are are true and they're there. 
Um, I do agree with you that I think it's important for teams to be taking stances on it because yeah. they are in the limelight. They are there. They can potentially leave a message and, and potentially not get hurt by, say, the Russian government, right? It's different right. for a bystander to go there. And there have been a lot of people saying, well, I'm going to go there. I'm going to bring my rainbow flag and stand up for the things that I believe in. I personally think that is a little insane because you're one individual. And um, I mean, if, you, if you're brave enough to go do that, go do that. I personally would not recommend it. It's like knowing there's a battlefield with a bunch of mines and yeah, walking into walking it. Walking right into it. So that's, that to me is a little scary, but the players that are being put on the pitch, they're going to be protected, right? No one's gonna really going to do anything to no, these international players. Right. Yeah, I, I hope not. You don't never know. But I think it is on a little bit on the players, and I don't want to put all the onus on them, but I, I do think that these federations, these nations these that represent diverse different people should be doing something. Um, so I, I, I want to take that thread of conversation forward but before i do that i wanted uh we said something about how the owners should really be on fifa right and originally when people there was a huge outrage and we've talked about this a little bit coca-cola threatened to pull sponsorships all these companies threatened to pull sponsorships unfortunately that led to nothing uh fifa they continued to basically they, they actually fined the russian uh fa only twenty two thousand dollars for like one racial incident wow that was it twenty two thousand dollars for people who pull in billions or millions from the sport is nothing twenty two thousand dollars like you could probably find the three of us twenty two thousand dollars and we might be able to put it together (laughs) you know what i mean like that's nothing um but for for them like they've clearly just keep slapping russia on the wrist and it's just not they're not doing anything about it and everyone thought that maybe fifa was going to be different once they put sep blatter out and put gianni infantino in nothing's changed they haven't they haven't done anything things have continued to be corrupt and sketchy and not great especially on the front of like if i were someone traveling to russia i wouldn't feel safe and that comes from not only russia but also fifa because i know that during the brazil world cup a lot of people felt unsafe but brazil pulled all the stops they brought in military police to all the major cities there was no major incidents at least that were reported fifa also played their part did a good job of organizing everything but with Russia, I feel like uh, FIFA's just kind of like, whatever. Well, just it's, do it's, what you do. it's funny because Russia's stance on it just seems to be like, oh, no, our people won't do anything. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they it's don't very seem, like... Uh, everyone in the government seems to be thinking like, we're not really going to put the efforts into it because we don't think that anything bad is going to happen. Which, which is what they're saying publicly. Right, but they're kind of like, ah, oh, whatever. We're Russian. We th- do what we want. Right. It's... <sighs> It's scary, and and to go with that that's uh, the the fine that you were talking about. There was a quote in that the Guardian article that I found amazing. Um, it fined the Russian Football Association twenty two thousand euro, a sum so pathetic no aspiring host nation would dare offer it to a FIFA delegate. <laughs> that's kind of bringing in all these points of you know, I mean, it's so it's such a small fee that I couldn't even bribe a one yeah. one FIFA official with that amount, which I found. I mean, it, it's so true. <laughs> it is. It really is. And on the bribe side of it, it's like, you know, this isn't something new. Every tournament in in m- recent memory has been scandalous with bribes. With all of these things, have always been part of how FIFA does stuff. And, and yeah, everyone everyone gets it. You know, all of these tournaments are bribed, and a lot of this has come out to light. But What's different about this is that a lot of these a lot of these countries that have won previous tournaments, they were more benign countries. They weren't actively seeking war. They weren't, you know, trying to do crazy things like Russia's doing, like South Africa, probably bribed. Brazil, definitely bribed. All of these other countries, 100% <laughs> bribed. But bribed. these countries, they weren't 
uh, active political figures on the global scale in the sense of like wanting to shake shit up you know yeah, like brazil yeah. they're only gonna fuck with themselves they weren't a major military presence in the global scale of exactly war. south africa what are they gonna do you know what right. i mean everyone is just it was very benign but with the instance of russia and now qatar in four years the issue is so much more to the forefront it's so blatantly wrong and this has been an issue because of the sap blatter being being removed and, and all of the FIFA supposedly changing, this shouldn't be happening. But, you know, it brings to light that question of if it comes down to the players and the teams and you're uh, all these people wanting to boycott, it seems like everybody pulled back on that, you know? FIFA, Coca-Cola, everybody threatened. I don't, I'm pretty sure FIFA and Coca-Cola are still involved. Um, some people are saying, oh, okay, so what if the teams just boycotted it and didn't show up? That's so unrealistic because these teams spend so much time, so many years preparing for this, and this is the height of the sport. You really want them to not show up? Well, yeah. that that brings up okay, so that brings up a moral question for me, in terms of do we value the tournament more than the value of human lives Ooh. and the way that humans are treated? Because just I mean, and I'm not saying that you're morally incorrect, and because I'm supporting the tournament, yeah. right? I'm watching the tournament. Are we as a society? okay with this happening it, it seems like we are because you're saying it's the height of the sport okay but what is what is sport if versus human lives versus human lives and just the equality of people if if everyone can't enjoy it the same if 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 you're gay and you can't go watch it if you're black and you can't go watch it what is the point right and just for i mean just for in terms of it it, it, it doesn't seem like morally i don't want to say it but it doesn't seem like morally we really give a shit about it no, I think the the whole world does not give a fuck. It, it's so sad to see. Yeah, we're not alone in this. We're <laughs> no, no, we're it's no, no, not no, no, the three of us sitting in the room. <laughs> no, saying, like, no, 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 everyone in this world. Everybody out there. 1.1 billion people, you know, yeah. they didn't care. No, no. You it, could say all 7 billion. Like, uh, all 7 billion yeah. on this planet. They're all culpable to this. And you know? Except for the people building the poor stadiums. <laughs> they are probably very against what was yeah. going on. Yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and I mean, there are definitely people out there that are protesting the World Cup and not watching it, and I commend them. Um, but but it goes time, to so it's like the 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 sport is so powerful in the sense that it's gotten us to kind of ignore this issue that is so apparent. And it's not just one issue. It's so right. many issues. Right. It's not just racism. It's not just the Hooliganism. LGBT rules. It's not it's just you could we could sit here and list every single issue that ar- that has a ri- that. that has come up and will come up on during this World Cup and the next World Cup and the one after that. And it's just absurd. Like right. all of these things are just and it seems like as a global society we're very happy to just be like, uh, you know what? We'll forget about it for a month. You know, we'll just pretend right. like it's yeah. cool. We'll right. we'll go to Russia and then we'll leave. Hopefully nothing bad happens and we'll leave it at that. And so I'm not a political expert. I don't claim to know if that's the best idea. But I want to propose a counterpoint, which is, as a global society, yes, we can make a change if we all decided to not watch it. But at the same time, if you were to think about it, we're not all united, you know, in the same front. A lot of we may be in the United States or we may be in the Western part of the world or however you want to think about it. But, you know, by ourselves, we can't necessarily make a difference. So if that is the case, why not? still enjoy the global celebration of the beautiful game in the world cup because despite all of these issues people still come together you're still going to have 
in bars across Moscow, like Uruguayan people sitting next to Russians, and you're going to have this cultural, maybe not, even if you were to remove Russia completely, right? Remove Russia completely from the equation and just have it be the setting. You're still going to have bars in St. Petersburg where Brazilians going to be able to sit next to some guy from Senegal potentially and just be able to meet and, and have that cultural connection where normally they wouldn't be able to. But the sport brings people together, right? So I'm not saying that it's right, but I'm saying that there's a good and a bad side to everything. And I think that a good counterpoint is that despite the fact that it's all clearly fucked up and that we probably all in honesty should have boycotted this world cup there was never a big push for it and everyone was just kind of like yeah whatever because at the same time this isn't something new this isn't the first time a country that has been embroiled in turmoil uh has hosted a world cup it won't be the last and so this is kind of par for the course um but the question still doesn't change right it's like still that moral question but what i'm trying to say is you know, despite all the crap, despite all the bad, a lot of good things can still come out of Russia. And FIFA's not changing it. It's going to happen. It's happening right now. So it's like, it, at this point today, at the start of the World Cup, should you be watching and participating or should you be boycotting? My personal take is enjoy it because there's nothing that you could do to change it today. But maybe for the next World Cup, maybe we get smarter. Maybe we come together. Maybe for Qatar, we actually put a, huge, a bigger onus on you know, the human rights violations and all of those things. Because whereas Russia has had a lot of issues politically and as well as, you know, with the LGBT community, racism, hooliganism, all of these things, Qatar has been violating human rights, like laws since they were announced. And they're very blatant. People have been dying at a rate of about one to two workers a day over there. And it's like, because of that, shouldn't we put a bigger onus on removing the next World Cup and maybe just enjoying this one? What do you guys think? It's hard. I mean, it, it's hard because there's a lot of there's a lot of different angles you could take from this, right? And I and I do agree that it may seem like we can't really do much about it, um, but as you said, to your point, is that the World Cup does bring us together, right? And why not use that momentum to make change now? I mean, why wait? It seems like it seems like a very natural human um, human aspect to want to put things off that are difficult. This seems like this is something super difficult. Let's try to use this platform and this uh, uh, this time to start taking care of the issues now. Because let's be real, after after the World Cup's over, no one's really going to be talking about Russia in terms of these issues in, in the soccer world, right? No one's really going to be talking about these issues anymore. It'll just be over, overshadowed. Russia hopefully will have thrown a really nice World Cup, and then Russia will be seen in a positive light, and all of those issues will be ignored. And the people that are suffering from that there still in Russia are going to be ignored because no one will be looking at that issue anymore. So to say, let's kind of tackle this in the next World Cup, I, I do agree that Yes, we should put more of an onus on it. We have four years to build up and tackle the Qatari World Cup and all the issues that are happening there. But it really puts the people that are dealing with the issues now in harm, which, again, <laughs> it's so hard for me to, th as I'm saying it, it's hard for me to be like, damn, uh, I want to go watch the World Cup because I'm like itching to go watch the World Cup right now. We're, I mean, we're missing the game. But it, it's, I don't know, it just puts you in a really weird position. But because I do think like, if there are 1.2 billion people watching the World Cup, if we know what's going on, even if we're a million million miles away, 
we can we still have a voice we still have platforms facebook youtube's the i mean we have the podcast people have twitter whatever it may be i mean the pressure eventually adds up if everyone is trying to do something right so i don't i don't know i i find i think that something can be done it may it's one of those issues where you think um your voice can't be heard but when you have 1.2 billion voices that are coming together for this world cup we all like to watch the world cup we're all behind this 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 event if we could use that same energy into kind of creating positivity we could possibly see some changes so me as a viewer i'm going to take the staunch side of enjoying the world cup there's i'm not against human rights i'm not against anything but i'm not a person that's going to be like well these human rights are really bad but i'm going to watch it anyway i have to say i'm going to enjoy it yeah um not to say that I believe in the world we live in today, something could happen. I think, I mean, I don't want anything to happen, but like, as we know, the, the Spanish coach getting fired, like that fucking Came made it, made it around yeah. the world in a couple seconds. If there's something incident that happens, I think it would bring to light more so to the people watching around the world right. who may not always get the news that we get. And right. That is th- true. We, we possibly are getting it from a different perspective. Being in the U.S., we're getting a lot of... We get all the free news we media want. about this country, and maybe other people don't get that, right? Yeah. So that's also very true. Maybe us in the U.S. think that what's happening in Russia is pretty bad, but maybe someone in, let's say, China doesn't get that same information. Exactly. Right? So that's, that's also very true and an issue that, that, that happens. So I think that if issues arise here and everyone watching the game might be able to see yeah. something like that, that is one thing. Um, I just hope that censorship laws and stuff don't come into play. And like, this is cut from yeah. the World Cup for a second. Yeah. We'll we'll re we'll be back soon. Yeah. But well, for us, I don't think that'll be an no. issue. No, I, um, yeah, I, I think they're sure trying FIFA to show Russia in a pretty bad light here yeah. in the US. Um, so my question to you guys is, if we if we are to see change at all in any of the things we talked about, where is it going to come from? Because we haven't seen that big of a push from the public to boycott this World Cup. Despite everything that we've talked about, it's been very, very few people have actually talked about, you know, boycotting this World Cup or quitting on this World Cup. No one's really talking about it. Everyone's looking at the issues like, oh, how do we manage this? But where do the changes come from? Is it going to come from the FAs? Is it going to come from the country's country's leaders? Is it going to come from presidents, prime ministers, queens, kings, whatever it is? Is it going to come from them? Or are we just going to keep expecting it to come from FIFA? Because I haven't even seen anyone making YouTube videos about, like, let's boycott the World Cup. You know what I mean? Like, every yeah. major soccer channel that I, at least I follow is, is World just Cup. Like, let's go, <laughs> you know? So where's the change going to come from? If it's to come from anywhere. Yeah, I think the change has to come from FIFA. I mean, I know we won't see it from them, and maybe maybe our, our energy should be should be directed not towards the countries that are committing these these atrocities, but actually FIFA. Because in the, this Guardian article that that'll be linked really um, brings up the points well that FIFA basically just bends every country's every country's rules once they once the country accepts to to hosting a world cup fifa basically has like uh what's that the invisible hand power where they just they i mean their officials can just fly in and out of the country the their military they're, they're supposed to be protected over over everything so fifa has a lot of power once they kind of sign the dotted line on what the country has to do it's it's on it's on fifa completely to be like Okay, you have these issues. These issues have to be addressed if they're going to be. If, if they see Qatar, I mean, how many articles have come out about people in Qatar dying? Nothing's been done, right? So, 
if FIFA has this much power, which which they do, and everyone wants to hold the World Cup, and that's why the FIFA does have so much power, I think FIFA has to be the one taking the steps because they can be like, all right, we'll pull the plug, we'll get rid of this World Cup, we'll host it somewhere else. And I mean, these these tournaments have become kind of a political. Um, have become so politicized that no country wants to have that be pulled from there. It and, just looks pretty bad. And to give you a little backdrop, that has happened. So if anybody's sitting there, oh, but FIFA would never relocate on the eve of a World Cup. They've done it. Um, in 1986, Colombia were set to host the World Cup, but they were in the middle of a mil- military turmoil. So they pulled the tournament from Colombia and gave it to Mexico. So right. it's not the first. It, there, there is the possibility of a tournament being removed from a country and given to another. Unfortunately, in the Qatar aspect of all of this, FIFA keeps, you know, it's such a, it's so blatant on the face that nothing's going to change because everybody, at one point, people were calling to remove it from Qatar. And then Qatar was like, oh, no, no, we're going to change all of our, our violations. All right. Did they? No. Yeah. CNN has gone and interviewed, uh, I think, one of the, the sheikhs over there, whatever it is, the, the, the higher ups in Qatar. And they're like, yeah, no, we changed everything. We're not doing any of these human rights right. violations, except that when you actually right. have reporters go. Yeah. Right. They're they're still continuing, and so I think it does have to. The change has to come from FIFA, but FIFA will not change unless there's pressure. Right. Yeah, from and government. Well, I feel like I don't. It has to come from sponsors, but also True. governments. But the problem with sponsors is that not everybody is on the same moral level, right? So no. let's say if so, Visa and Coca Cola are two of the biggest sponsors of the World Cup. If both of them bounce out, guess what happens? Mastercard and PepsiCo come in. Yeah. So what's right. you know what I mean? The sponsors are just going to shuffle in and out. It won't really matter. But I think that for FIFA to have any actual change, it's going to have to come from governments. Like for example, when the when they removed Sepp Blatter and actually removed a lot of FIFA officials from FIFA, it was coming from the FBI and CIA. It was a big big uh, connection between I believe Interpol and the CIA and and the American government. Unfortunately, since a certain human being has been in office, things have quieted down quite a lot on that front because he's, you know, defending himself in court, which is interesting. Um, but I think the it has to come from FIFA, but the pressure has to come from not the people, but both the people and the governments. So yeah. presidents of countries have to get together and be like, all right, guys, this is all fucked up. We need to fix it. Yeah, I, I find the I find the the topic of governments involving themselves pretty difficult because there are so many different political ties that I think it starts getting. Pr- I I think for me it's harder to see governments get involved and in, in call for change than it would be to get people individually because I think governments. I mean, you see now uh, the president that we have now has ties with Russia and whatever may come out of that, but we've seen that there's some type of connection there. Will he come out and say anything and have? have the american government get involved i don't think so and then because of that maybe our allies don't get involved in this and that so i think in terms of kind of just looking for basic human rights i think we as individuals have the best position and have we're the most likely to take a stance if that's the correct way to say it i i I find it i mean governments in general i just find it super hard to see them take any action on this Again, it's I, I see it almost as the same issue with the businesses. They have their own moral. I mean, we see it in the U.S. The, every different Repu- every Republican and Democrat has a different moral high ground, a different stance on any type of issue that comes out. So I just find it uh, the consensus has to come from us, and it, it just, it's hard just to be able to mobilize that many people and and get them to kind of make a stance. Yeah, for such a thing as soccer, you know, it doesn't often ring a bell. It's like, oh, soccer's got a lot of like yeah. ethical issues going on, but 
and along with governments like governments might not have the capacity to even attack fifa with anything because they have so many things that are internally going on right i mean yeah as soon as something more pertinent comes on the news like that fifa set bladder like getting out just is eliminated it's like oh it happened it's done next thing right and it's it's yeah it's so difficult and a lot of people are saying, like, because uh, the the bid for the 2026 World Cup was awarded to North America, that, it, you know, we won't see these issues, I guess. And, and to an extent, sure, this was a very safe pick for FIFA. They were like, crap, we've gotten, you know, so much crap for these past two World Cups. Let's give it to a very safe pick. You know, United States, Canada, Mexico. Very, very safe. Spread it out. Spread it out a little <laughs> bit. These three countries are usually pretty decent. We'll leave it at that. And whatever. At least Canada. At least, yeah. <laughs> well, pretty much the yeah. only morally superior one here is Canada. That's fine. I, I, I'm okay with that. Uh, but what people don't really understand is that the reason they gave it to North America is because FIFA is set to make $14 billion if they had given it to the United bid, which is United States, Canada, Mexico, versus they would only make $7 billion if they had done it, given it to Morocco. So <laughs> you do the math. Yeah. Money, 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 money. Seven billion dollars is quite a lot of money. And so you may think, oh yeah, but FIFA learned they're gonna give it to the United <laughs> States. No, they're not. They're doing it yeah. for money. Yeah. Um and actually what I find I don't wanna say this without any confirmation, but you know, England were in the running to host the twenty twenty six World Cup, but they pulled out. I don't know why that is. I think it might be a, a issue along the along these lines of, you know, not being okay with FIFA, not being happy with all of this because their bid is probably the most ready one. You know, they wouldn't have to build any stadiums. They have world-class hotels, world-class restaurants, all of these things. But, you know, I guess they just pulled out for whatever reason. If someone can confirm that, we can figure it out. But I don't know, man. It's, It's such a hard thing of like, do we enjoy it or do we not? I think that at mo like at the least the only thing that we should all do is at least be aware of these issues and bring them to the forefront and not be stupid about them you know when you see the propaganda come out after the world cup about russia being so nice and beautiful and great don't be silly realize that these issues are true and they are happening but i still think we should enjoy the beautiful game for what it is despite the fact that the setting is not great the setting is kind of shit but the event should still be enjoyed, right? I mean, it, it's not a new topic. Every World Cup has issues, and Brazil marred with issues. South Africa marred with issues. Uh, Germany, I don't believe so, but 2002, Korea and Japan, I'm not sure if there was a lot of issues there, but, you know, this isn't something new, you know? Um, I think that it's just a matter of, it, a lot of these World Cups have always been held in tumultuous areas and people have still enjoyed them. So I don't know. Football and soccer is one of those things where it's so political, but also a sport. It's hard to like separate the two. So as a final last part here, like should we be supporting the World Cup? <laughs> Let's ask so that same the, question. Ask the hardest question. Um, don't support the World Cup. Support your team. That's my stance. Support that's, the sport. That's my that's my safe politician. <laughs> yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ. Slogan. You really you really <laughs> allowed yourself to do anything you wanted there. <laughs> support your team and whatever they do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. 
But what if your team's Iran? Now the the new hey. sanctions, like, hey, they, <laughs> they didn't get all their Nike boots, you know? Oh, yeah. So, I don't yeah, know. I, I say, you know, support your team support unless you're shit. Iran. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's I say support question. it. I know, I know it's kind of bad, but, you know, enjoy the time we have to yeah. watch this game. Before we all blow up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just kidding. And <laughs> I think that my stance is be aware of these issues. Don't be blind to them. It, it, the, the question of like, what would we do if it were the 1936, 1936 Olympics all over again? It's rough. I think that we should all be aware of these issues. And if you can make a change, do make a change. Yep. But don't let it ruin completely the global spectacle because there are still good parts that come out of these events. So while they are modern controversy, they are still globally unifying events. So be aware of these issues, but also enjoy, right? I think yeah. that's a, I know that's a very sitting on the fence answer, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard time. I mean, it's hard to, I mean, again, it's hard to um, separate the two, the politics and the soccer. And unfortunately that's just the way it is. Um, but I agree. I think kind of just know, know what's happening. And if you, if you have a position um, where you can make a change, try to do it another episode in the books let us know what you think should you support the world cup should we support the world cup let us know in the comments we love to hear what you say we'll catch you next week